The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Things You Should Know About Cancer. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Glad you're with us this week as we learn together. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Percy, and uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, we're going to have a great conversation around seven things, not necessarily exhaustive things, but seven important things that we think that everyone should know and understand about cancer that will help you to be a little more familiar with the space and the environment as you engage and talk with individuals with who are working through the dynamics of cancer. Now, these seven that we've chosen today, they come from your personal experience as well as your interaction with all your colleagues, right? That is correct. So we sat down and we we just had a conversation among ourselves and just thought about seven important things that we thought that everyone should at least understand fundamentally about cancer. And so we came up with this list. Again, it's not comprehensive and it's not exhaustive, but certainly is very important. Yes. And I want uh, our listeners to know up front that we're going to make this available in note form so you can download it from the internet. Uh, Our webpage is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And when you go there, you'll find this document, Seven Things You Should Know About Cancer, so that you can take it and continue to learn from it and think about it and use it in your own ministry. Well, again, we want to make sure that we are gifting and making resources available to this audience because we want you to be fully equipped in every way to go forth and be all that God has called you to be. All right. Shall we jump in? We shall. Absolutely. Number one. Number one is We should understand that cancer affects all types of people. When you begin to look at some of the research, the National Cancer Institute, uh, the American Cancer Society, it gives you great information that basically helps us to understand that this is a global disease. And I like to use the terminology. It's a community disease. Everybody Mm. theoretically is, has, or can be impacted by cancer. And so Rich or poor, black or white or otherwise. No matter what your social, economic, religious, theological, uh, regional orientation or affiliation is, we need to understand that this is a disease that impacts all humanity of all walks of life. And so we have the opportunity to love everyone. And of course, the, the local church, uh, if anyone should have this principle working in their heart, is the local church. Our role is to lift people up and to encourage them no matter where they are, no, where, no matter where they come from. And we have scripture that will kind of support this. Number one, Galatians 6 and 2 tells us that we should carry each other's burden. And in this way, we are fulfilling the law of Christ. I often have people tell me, what is the will of God for my life? Uh, What should we be doing? Well, we should be helping to carry burdens of our brothers and our sisters. We're fulfilling the law of Christ. And then Ephesians 4 and 2 tells us that we can be completely humble and gentle and be patient while bearing one another's burden in love. And so today, we need to understand that cancer affects all people. Yeah, and you didn't ask me to do this, but I just have to insert here, our journey of hope is something we've talked about many times on this program, but perhaps we have someone new listening who doesn't know that we have this program available for churches and lay people to get involved as a ministry of the local church in people's lives who are affected by cancer. It's a it's an extension of of the of the work that is being done and has been done at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America as a spiritual outreach and as an equipment mechanism for the faith community that will allow uh, them to be more informed, educated, and engaged as they begin to embrace the idea of. Bear 
bearing the burdens uh, of their brother and their sister and those in their community. And so our journey of hope dot com is the uh, web resource free training that is made available to local churches, pastors, senior leaders and laity where we will provide you with a curriculum and insight on how to start a cancer care ministry inside of your local church free of charge. We're going to continue talking about these seven things that we feel you should know about cancer. Of course, there are more things, but we'll, we'll talk about seven of them today here in the program with Percy McRae. And the document is available for you to download and use. Seven things you should know about cancer at healthhopeandinspiration.com. We'll be back with more, and I hope you'll stay with us here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. Welcome back to this week's edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Percy McRae. We're talking about seven things that you should know about cancer. We talked about the fact that cancer affects all types of people. That's number one. Let's go right to number two. Number two, there is evidence that strongly suggests evidence-informed uh, research that says that practical ministry potentially can have medical benefits. Uh, cancer treatment can be impacted by diet, stress, sleep, mood, and hope. And we've talked about a lot of that here. But these are all things that can be improved by practical ministry that provides physical, emotional, and spiritual support for daily life. So again, the point to be made is as we begin to support people spiritually, potentially it can change and help them with their sleeping. It can help them to be inspired and be motivated around eating better, etc. Etc. It can help relieve and reduce potential stress in their lives. It can help change their mood, and it certainly can encourage and enable hope to continue to work through the process. And so our two scriptures to support this school of thought are a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up by the bones, uh, uh, dries up the bones, I'm sorry, and that's Proverbs 17, 22. And then our second scripture, light in a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart and good news gives gives health to the bones, Proverbs 15 and 30. So again, practical ministry has its value potentially from a health perspective. And when it comes to spiritual support, I want everyone to know that at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, this spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. Nothing is ever forced on anyone. Correct. As the patient is open, willing, and receptive, and it, and articulates that, that is then being provided unto them. All right. Let's go back to that scripture. Cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Boy, going through a cancer journey is very difficult. 
It is. It's challenging. And again, no one said that it would be easy. No one said it's supposed to be easy. So that's the first thing that we need to understand. So we, we need to walk into this with our eyes wide open and understanding that. But as we speak to the heart of man, as we begin to invest in the heart and, and, and the biblical context of the word heart is the essence of man's being. OK, mm-hmm. so as we begin to invest resources, time and those things that potentially can cheer, motivate and inspire them, that's good medicine. It's not a replacement of medicine, but it is good medicine for the soul and the essence of a person because, again, a crushed spirit dries up the bones. There's another scripture that says it this way, that a merry heart does it good like a medicine. Mm-hmm. So, again, we're trying to, to, to encourage the very essence and the core of one's being as they work through the process of really difficult and, in some cases, negative things that they are challenged by. What do we need to know about prayer and cancer? Well, prayer, you know, again, first and foremost, we should always ask before we pray. Never assume someone wants you to pray with them or for them. So ask before you pray. People are most receptive to prayer that reinforces what is already in their heart. It helps us to understand. Ask them what they want God to do for them and join them in a prayer of agreement. There is no reason to attempt to pray over someone who's not in agreement with what you're praying over them with. They need to be engaged and they need to have agreement and alignment. The word of God tells us where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. We need to have agreement. We need to have alignment and we need to have receptivity and ownership because ultimately your prayer does not necessarily cancel out somebody's uh, thought process without them being involved in that process. And I've seen a lot of people do this, Wayne. It sounds simple, but just go right in and I'm going to pray for you right now. And then they're going to pray what they want to pray and never checked in and never asked what is it that you are believing and wanting God to do for you. Yeah, it doesn't happen often, but if they don't want us to pray, then we need to respect that, right? And if they should say no, we need to honor that. And I can tell you, it has been my experience, even with believers, for various different reasons that we don't have time to get into the show here, that they have declined and said, you know, no, not right now, or I don't feel very well, or I'm nauseated, or there's something else that's going on that is not allowing them to focus and concentrate on the point of the exercise. They have opted out. Then the other scripture that I want to share very quickly is, until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. And that's John 16, 24. So again, prayer is an important vehicle, an element, an aspect of what happens to individuals. But we need to first make sure that the person is in alignment with the prayer. Ask for their permission. And you've seen it. I mean, prayer make a difference, haven't you? Prayer has absolutely made a difference. I've prayed for people that have been in comas who have popped their eyes back open and et cetera, et cetera. So again, prayer potentially can be a very powerful medicine. All right. We're talking about seven things that you need to know about cancer. And this is in the form of a resource that we're making available to you today at healthhopeandinspiration.com. You can download it right now and even follow along with us here on the program. Maybe you want to take this and use it uh, in your church, in your Sunday school class, in your hospital visitation program. I think this would be very helpful. All right. We talked about several things. Let's go on now. We talked about prayer just a moment ago. Uh, What's another thing that we need to know about cancer? Well, let's talk about faithfulness. And again, not necessarily from the patient's perspective, but from a caregiving perspective. Because caregiving is an important component that lends itself to the potential success of people 
that we are supporting with cancer. And so uh, the fourth principle that we want to talk about today is be faithful through the whole journey. Many people feel, Wayne, more isolated uh, the longer the battle with cancer lasts and goes on. Uh, and again, support from families, friends, church members, in some cases can begin to wane or fade and, and subside. So again, and this sometimes happens because people are, are quite frankly uncomfortable with cancer. We've talked about the discomfort and uncomfort because we haven't been prepared or equipped to have a cancer conversation. So mm-hmm. when we're thrust into that, we don't know what to do or what to say. So we may jump out the gate with like, you know, like gangbusters initially from a support perspective, but then we start getting a little like, I'm tired. I don't know what else to do. I don't Boy, know that's what That's important to know. It really is. It really is an important dynamic because what cancer patients in some cases feel that, you know, where's my, where, you know, you were here and now you're gone. Here today, gone tomorrow. You started talking to me, then you stopped talking to me. They have a lot of different things that's working through their thought process and their psyche. So we really want to encourage you when you begin to engage cancer patients from a support perspective, be faithful through that journey. Commit yourself to that individual. You would have no idea how much they're depending upon hearing and seeing from you. A quick story. I can remember a patient. Uh, I have a certain style of dress, as some have said to me. And uh, and I like lot, a lot of color and uh, bold colors. And I, I have a lot of ties. I have a lot of great color in there. Great sense of style. Uh-huh. And, and I had a patient say to me, and I shall never forget this, uh, years after they were treating at, and, and I would visit them at the hospital, and this gentleman said, I would just wait to see what color tie you would have on when really? you would come to visit me. Unbelievable. I had no idea that triggered a response and a reaction. He said, I would look forward to seeing you just to see what color tie you would have on. That's beautiful. You have no idea how important your visit and your support and how they look forward to it. So be faithful in the journey. And the scripture that will help us here is uh, Proverbs 17 and 17. A friend loves at all times, not sometimes, not when it's convenient, but at all times. And a brother is born for a time. Time of adversity. And then the second scripture to support this as well is Proverbs 18 and 24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to a ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Can a cancer patient make that claim about you today as one who is being and has been faithful during the journey? Stick with it and go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Download these seven things you should know about cancer. I think you'll find them very helpful. Seven things you should know about cancer at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Okay, time for us to take a break, but we've got more to cover. We'll do it coming up on today's program. Stay with us. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America care that never quits. 
You're listening to this week's edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McRae from Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Today we're talking about seven things we feel you should know about cancer. Uh, Percy, once again, these aren't. This isn't the exhaustive list, is it? Correct. It's, it's just a list that that uh, me and my colleagues uh, at all of the regional sites of the hospital sat down and said, "What are seven important things that we think people should know and understand about cancer? Not to be looked at as comprehensive or exhaustive by any means, but seven things that typically pop up that we think people will benefit from." And so we want to share that with them today. And certainly, it's a great starting point. So let's continue down our list. We've talked about points one through four, and these are in print form, which you can download from our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Number five. Number five is a big principle. We teach it during the Our Journey of Hope training that we speak about so much, the free available resource that is being made available to churches and, and leaders on how to start cancer care ministries and begin to engage cancer patients back in their local church. And one of the chapters of the curriculum is talking about the caregiver. In this context, we want to phrase it as this, remembering the healthy patient. Because when you talk about people who are dealing with uh, cancer or any type of sickness and disease, you have the patient themselves and then you have the healthy patient because the person that's connected to the cancer patient in a way becomes a type of patient in this process. And theoretically, they're the healthy ones. Caregivers is who we're talking about and what we're making reference to. Uh, They're healthy. uh, Theoretically, their physical and emotional and spiritual needs, therefore, we need to be reminded to look toward those and be mindful of them because they're often overlooked. They are. Because the focus is uh, at all of the energy and attention is basically being provided toward the one who's battling the, the sickness. Yeah, and that's understandable. It is understandable. The natural direction of uh, channeling your resources is to the person that's in need. But 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 cumulatively, over effective time, uh, the caregiver also is now being compromised mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. physically, in some cases spiritually, because they're not taking care of themselves, because they're directing all of their attention toward their love. One and I have seen uh, caregivers who have stopped eating, who are who are not resting properly, who are not taking uh, necessary breaks to co decompress and revitalize themselves and refresh themselves. So we need to understand one of the important things about cancer that you must understand is don't forget about the caregiver. I've known caregivers who have uh, sadly had to neglect some things in their own family and some things they'd like to do for themselves just to give of themselves to the patient needed who needed their attention. And we need to understand that we should empower, again, this is the important dynamic of one of the reasons why we do the radio show here, uh, the Our Journey of Hope program, is that we're trying to create a community of cancer fighters and supporters so that the onus is not just placed on one, the burden on one individual or one caregiver because caregivers need people to relieve them so that they can theoretically take care of themselves and attend to things that are important to them. But caregivers often feel guilty about things that because they have their loved one that they're attending to. And the worst thing that can happen, Wayne, is that you end up with two sick people mm-hmm. because now you have a snowball effect that no one is being benefited from with that. And so I have two scriptures that yeah, will help back us. back this up with the word. Yep. Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 4 and 5 says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, 
form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Talking about the connectivity that when the eye or one of the uh, parts of our body is compromised, it affects the whole body at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And how true that is. We may have certain limbs of our body that we don't even think about until it's injured or damaged Mm -hmm. and how it compromises the other working elements of the whole. So we need to understand that we're all connected one to another and we need to support those who are supporting those. And then the second scripture here is first Corinthians 12, 26 and 27. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. Number six on our list of seven, you say to be a mobilizer. Yes, this is an interesting school of thought, and I don't think that people think about this in the context of cancer. But most churches particularly have people who want to be used, you know, in for ministry and in ministry and would like to help and figure out what can they do. But they don't know. So, again, one can be the contact person and facilitate a schedule or system for church members or individuals to get involved. In other words, there are some people who are just naturally gifted as organizers that can structure and organize and mobilize and pull people together. And thank God for them. Absolutely. I'm, you know, we, I, I'm not one of those people. I need someone to help me do that all the time. And so within the framework of a local church or a family, for that matter, identify that person that then can kind of mobilize and pull together schedules. And let's begin to kind of attack uh, supporting someone with cancer from a very structured, disciplined, organized way. We can do far more together. That's exactly correct. Many hands make little work. And Mm -hmm. so, again, uh, weekly schedules, daily schedules, who can do what on what days, who can do what from a meal perspective or from a grocery shopping perspective and mobilize your resources so that you can allocate them and direct them accordingly to be effective in supporting someone with cancer. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, a cord of three strands? Absolutely. It's not easily broken, my friend. And so the Scripture helps us to understand that. And so when we understand it, also the Scriptures tells us in Ecclesiastes 4.12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And again, speaking to the point, a cord of three strands is not quickly or easily broken. And then our second Scripture, 1 Timothy 3 and 1, here is a trustworthy saying, whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task, one that can stand over and provide instruction and direction. In many cases with cancer patients, quickly with my thoughts here, is that there are a lot of people who are frantically trying to do something and not sure what to do. There needs to be someone that can kind of give structure and order and direction to help mobilize those different uh, emotions and desires as we support those with cancer. Seven things you should know about cancer, and we've reached number seven here. We're, we've got just enough time. Yep. Number seven is important. Master the art of of making time. Really what we're talking about here is when we're supporting cancer patients uh, and if we're trying to do some type of cancer care or cancer ministry on top of our busy schedules, it can be a recipe for burnout and disaster. Let me say after 20 years of supporting cancer patients, it can be exhausting. It can be involving emotionally, mentally, and emotionally that it can really drain you. So again, with that, we need to make sure that we are effective and the way that we do that is to streamline our schedule and our times and to find healthy moments of time to commit to ministry. Hmm. So again, try not to let other things get in the way of that 
that time. Now protect that. Absolutely. It's just like anything else. One of the things that we've all learned over, I guess, the last 10, 15, 20 years now, from a marital perspective with relationships, you've got to schedule time <laughs> to spend time with your loved one or as it just you don't find time anymore. Right. Things get in the way. Things take over. So we need to schedule time and learn how to master the art of making time to provide this type of support. It's one of the fundamental reasons why many churches uh, have said that they, they don't think that they could actually have a cancer care ministry. They just don't have enough time. They have too many other things that needs to be done. But just like anything else, you have to prioritize your time to make it fit that which you desire to do that is important. And this is one of those examples. There's lots of things we can do as individuals. There's lots of things we can do as a group that will really alleviate the burden on everyone. Well, again, if we could all pull together and pull all of those resources together, it'll help us to be able to manage the time requirements uh, much more effectively because that's part of the problem is that in many cases, you have one or two trying to do the work of many. And if we can spread that out among those, again, going back to the previous point, someone that can mobilize, organize, and structure time and schedule, and then get others involved and get that commitment, then we find ourselves being able to master the time that theoretically is needed and required to actually support someone with cancer. You've shared a lot of great scripture with us today. You got a couple of back up this last point? I do. Two here. Luke 14 and 28. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Again, we need to sit down and we need to think about what time will be required and we need to schedule accordingly. And then our second and last scripture, Proverbs 16 and 9. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And may I say, the steps that the Lord establishes in many cases is directly related to some of the plans that we make to give him steps to direct for us. Well, I know we motored through this list here today, but the good news is you can have the list right now by going to our website, helphopeandinspiration.com. Download it, make good use of it, and then let us know how useful you find it to be. Health, hope, and inspiration.com. With Percy McCray, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Hey, thanks for listening this week, and I hope you join us next time for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America care that never quits.